You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. Something has changed within me. Something is not the same. You're listening to Tony Telecasts from The Ensemblist, the only podcast that shows you Broadway from the inside out. I'm Mo Brady. And I'm Aaron Albano. To go back to sleep, it's time to trust my instincts. Close my eyes. Welcome, listeners, to our mini series about the Tonys, bringing you all the drama behind the drama of a theater season in Broadway history. In each podcast episode, we watch a telecast of a previous Tony Awards, not only the performances, but the opening and speeches to see how it reflects the season as a whole. So let's dive in and talk about the 2004 Tony Awards. The 58th annual Tony Awards were held June 6th, 2004 at Radio City Music Hall with Hugh Jackman as the host, also a nominee this year for portraying fellow Aussie Peter Allen in The Boy From Oz. Leading the pack this year was Aussie and Juggernaut, Wicked, with 10 nominations, followed by six for Avenue Q, five for The Boy From Oz, and six for Caroline or Change. In a rare year, where four productions were nominated for Best Revival of a Musical, a Roundabout Theater Company production of Assassins led with seven, followed by six for Fiddler on the Roof, five for Wonderful Town, and two for Big River. This is also the Broadway season chronicled in the very good documentary, Show Business, The Road to Broadway. Oh, really? Is it very good? I've never seen it. Oh, yeah. It's I, it's high drama. Okay, fierce. I mean, not to get ahead of ourselves, but they play up the Avenue Q versus Wicked oh, thing very well. Okay. But aside from the telecast, what was happening at the time, Aaron? Well, Mo, the 2003-2004 season was a precarious time for a world slowly trying to get back to some sort of normalcy. Only a few years after the events of 9-11, President George W. Bush's campaign for his second term against Senator John Kerry was gaining momentum, focusing primarily on his foreign war on terror and his domestic, quote-unquote, upholding of family values, through which he targets same-sex marriage. We see very heated references to Bush's administration and his campaign tactics on these subjects in various acceptance speeches. One major event the Broadway community might remember was the Northeast Blackout of 2003, which occurred on August 14th. And fun fact, it's suspected to be the infamous blackout in Lin-Manuel Miranda's In the Heights. Blackout, blackout. That's exactly what I was thinking of doing. (laughs) Blackout, blackout. The blackout was citywide and shut down all 23 Broadway productions at the time, resulting in a revenue loss of about a million dollars, according to the Broadway League. Thankfully, all 23 productions were back on the boards the next night. That would suck if all the Broadway shows were like shut down for a whole night. A whole night? Whatever would they do? (laughs) (laughs) Too soon. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. 
That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All right. Let's pour one out for those non-nominated musicals. Oh. So the the first is the only Broadway revival, quote unquote, yes. not nominated for best revival of a musical. This is Little Shop of Horrors in its first Broadway mountain. First Broadway production. Right. So it ran for 372 performances at the August Wilson. Mm-hmm. It was led by Hunter Foster and Carrie Butler. Mm-hmm. and was currently running at the time of the Tony Awards. Yeah. Talk about this uh, revival versus new musical conundrum. Because from what I remember, it was high drama. Because, like you said, Little Shop, the original production of Little Shop of Horrors was off-Broadway. And it only was off-Broadway. If you've watched the documentary Howard on Disney+, Plus. He talks about keeping it off Broadway, despite everybody wanting it to move to Broadway because he was very passionate about it staying in an intimate space. They did a movie, but they did not do a Broadway production. Fast forward now to 2004, it's eligible for Tony's because it's Tony season. And yet, because it is an old property, the Tony committee deems it a revival instead of a new show. There was a lot of beef at the time because it made them ineligible for a lot of different things, including score and book. And because Alan Menken and Howard Ashman wrote the book and score and Howard has passed away, there is limited opportunities for him to win a posthumous Tony. And this show would have been one of those opportunities. Wow. And yet, no. I don't remember any of that beef. That's like on the beef calendar. That's like beef number five. I remember from this season. Oh, I mean, yes, yes. High drama all around. But that was one because I remember like what shade this like Tony's has where you literally open the show with the urchins from Little Shop. But that's all you get, Little Shop. No other performance for you. Better than never gonna dance or taboo. That's true. All right. So speaking of which, high drama, we've got Taboo or Taboo. Taboo. Which played 100 performances at the Schoenfeld, closed in February of 2004. Had quite an acclaimed ensemble. We, it was small, but featured Jen Cody, Lisa Gaida, Curtis Holbrook, and Gregory Trico in his Broadway debut pre-Hamilton. Was that your, you and Morton's Broadway debut also? Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. The second non-nominated new musical is Never Gonna Dance, played 84 performances at the Broadhurst, also closed in February 2004. Wow. An ensemblist lover's dream, the company was led by Noah Racy, Karen Ziemba, and Deidre Goodwin, with folks like Jennifer Frankel and Tamar Wilson among the ensemble. Oh. And then our third non-nominated new musical is Bombay Dreams. Oh, what's that show, Mo? Uh, well, it played 284 performances at the Broadway Theater, was still running at the time of the Tony Awards. Yes, it was. And the ensemble featured Bobby Pestka, Romy Sandu, and one Aaron J. Albano in his Broadway debut. That's me. That's you. What a That's babe. me, little 21-year-old living his life in his non Nominated musical. Did, did you turn 21 on Broadway? Mm-hmm. You're such an icon. <laughs> Hardly. Speaking of people the theater community loves, 
Second to Aaron J. Albano is <laughs> Hugh Jackman. <laughs> I felt like this Tony Awards was an opportunity for everyone to gush over how much they love Hugh Jackman. 100%. Like he was, he was absolutely like the golden child of Broadway at this time. And why? I don't know. I mean, I I have my speculations, but I don't know. It's actually interesting because this is what, his second time? I was wrong in our last episode where I thought that it was, this was his first time. This is his second time um, hosting the Tonys. And between that and between like his like tour de force performance in Boy From Oz, he either wasn't Wolverine yet or he was like starting to be Wolverine. In which case, he was still a theater dude. Right. At this point, Hugh Jackman feels like the like, hometown boy done good yeah he's like one of us broadway has at this point adopted him into the fold because of how wonderful he is and he has adopted us he likes us and being a broadway person which i think makes us like him more and feed into these you know the whole bit about rod from avenue q flirting with hugh jackman yes absolutely it's such a love fest it's such a love fest with hugh jackman and this does feel like peak Hugh Jackman love. Yeah. This is pre-Greatest Showman. This is pre-Lay Miz. Like, what what has changed? Is it... Did he get too famous? Like, what... I don't... I, I feel like this was the time when we felt like he was one of us. Since then, for whatever reason, like, I distinctly remember watching him in Lay Miz and being like, he's not one of us anymore. Hmm. I don't know why. Maybe because I didn't like him in the movie. But it, there was something that had shifted viscerally that I was just like, you're not one of us anymore. This 2004 Tony Awards feels like new love. You know, yeah. it's like we, the Broadway community and Hugh Jackman are really crushing on each other right now. Yeah. And then, but, but like when he came back in like 2014, we didn't feel the same way. At least I didn't. I don't know if the community at large did or didn't. Also, what he what he was doing on Broadway was very different in 2014. And and even and even now, like there's a big part of our community that is not looking forward to this production of Music Man. For sure. And usually like Hugh Jackman would be like the draw where we'd all be like, if 2004 Broadway still existed in 2020, like we'd be like, we want to see anything he does. Oh, he'd be a great Harold Hill, which I think he will be. But yeah, that love has definitely tempered a bit and maybe it will return maybe maybe that infatuation will regrow when we get back and combined with the fact that we will just be giddy to see anything sure sure maybe possibly So this opening number, which features Mr. Jackman and a bevy of beauties, um, it is a mashup of One Night Only and Dream Girls. What shocked me, one is coming out of the 1982 Tony Awards. So remember, Mm -hmm. if we could play the audio, we would play you Tony Randall sitting in the house, (laughs) very quiet audience, coughing. He's playing the role of an everyman critic. No opening number. Yeah. From the moment Hugh Jackman walks on stage, there is an eruption of cheers. People yes. are ready to have a good time. Yes. The second the second thing I, I noticed was that 
This number is four minutes long. So short. Speed ahead to the 2009 Tony Awards. Which is like right? 45 minutes long. It was 10 minutes long. Yeah. So this is just like wham, bam, thank you, bam. It's a nuts. song. It's an appropriate like size of an opening number. And it still had all the magic that we'll get. <laughs> no, 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 no. Go, 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 go. I, this might be sacrilege. This is my favorite Tony opening. It might like eke out bigger by a tiny margin for me. You're a monster. Eric. I know, but it's so good. It's well, a like first we like we get Hugh Jackman to uproarious applause, but then we get the urchins from Little Shop, the dynamites from Hairspray, and the radio from Carolina Change, and it's this medley of these three girl groups and Hugh Jackman singing One Night Only. The song itself is already so thrilling. And then you have like these three powerhouse girl groups living their lives. Chills already. And then the Rockettes come out. And I love the Rockettes. The Rockettes are my favorite thing in the world. Go, go. Tell us why, Aaron Albano. Because I love the precision. I love the like the clean choreography. I love like the iconicism of all of them. But like when they come out in this number, hey, we've never seen them used in a Tony's before and yet they live here like we're in their house and so then they come out and again still clean af but my favorite thing about this is watching all of them kick like above their heads because as a rocket you don't get to kick that high and they're all living their goddamn lives like bot mine as high as they can on both legs and like doing it <laughs> like I lose my mind. Um, and then they kick line, which is iconic. And then Hugh does it too. And then like pandemonium when the rest of the companies show up, which is what? We see Fiddler. We see Wicked. We see Avenue Q. We see Boy From Oz. Do we see Wonderful Town? I don't know. If, I, I saw some sailors and I didn't know what show they were from. I'm going to assume Wonderful Town yeah. based on sailors and based on the fact that they were in the building. Hey, listeners, if I'm wrong, yell at Mo. But <laughs> it was everything that I wanted. Like between Hugh scream singing in Stephanie J. Block's face <laughs> and then making out with Lucy T. Slut. <laughs> I lost my mind. I love it. I love it so much. You love a mashup. That's what you're telling me. You yes. love this sort of like we're all in the same place together. Pe characters that would never be together. You and I have talked about this. We're, we love a number that brings the community together, but sort of deserves it in terms of build. Sure. And this I don't know if this one... This Okay, we're going to argue about the build. Okay, go. Like, okay, go. I, I, I would have been fine with the Jackets, <laughs> as the three trios are called, uh -huh. and uh, the Rockets. But then the other people just come out of left field and aren't really used in a way. I mean, Lucy and Stephanie J. Block are there. Yeah. But like, there's a lot of like, oh, I didn't realize they were back there. And why are the residents of Anna Tevka singing one night only? Like they, they, there are moments in this opening that are not justified from the logic police for me. Well, but neither, but neither is when like in 2013, when Cinderella and Spider-Man are coming down the passerelle, just because we're singing about bigger, like this is the same thing where we're just like singing about like, this is the one night that our community has to celebrate what we do. And 
on this night, all of these casts are the but community some, that we're celebrating. There's something about like the residents of Anatevka singing One Night Only that I can't get behind, but I can get behind like the fictitious people of Cinderella and a Marvel character singing <laughs> bigger. Like, but I don't... Anatevka doesn't exist either. Like, it's friggin' it's Jewish history. Don't mess with it. <laughs> Uh, I don't. I don't know why. Uh, I can't. I, it's fine. I can't do you it. could. You could not like it. Maybe. I'm... Maybe if they had taken an additional six minutes to build the number, I would have been behind. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is a joyous Tony Awards. Yes. From that moment Hugh Jackman comes out, this is a party. They've done it. 100%. What were like the biggest, everyone is having a great time moments for you? Aside from the opening, when Anika Nani Rose wins, because she's the first she's the winner. award she, of yeah, the night, she's right? the one that Billy Joel and Jane Krakowski... Um, yeah, has. when she wins, the audience loses their mind. And I forgot... This was her Broadway debut. Yes, Pre-Princess and the Frog. It's just like... Yeah. Before this, like, arguably, like, Anika Nani Rose Who. And now, she just won her first Tony Award, her first time out of the gate. But it's just beautiful, and everyone's happy for her. There's no, like, weirdness in the room. Everyone's just, like, happy for this new girl on the scene receiving the accolades that she deserves for good work. Right, and then after that, Michael Cerverus, mm -hmm. community favorite, wins yeah. for Assassins. And yes. you get the feeling that it's, like, kind of the opposite, but the same, right? It's, like, someone who's been working hard. This is the original Tommy and Tommy yes, who's absolutely. winning a Tony Award. And he has also, the like, the greatest attitude. He is, like, the happiest kid. He uh -huh. keeps referring to Sean Puff Daddy Combs, who's, who's given him the award. <laughs> well, my favorite is he also, like, and I think this happened a lot tonight, where he was one of the recipients who spent a lot of their speech acknowledging the other nominees. And one of those people was newcomer onto the scene, Raul Esparza, <laughs> which he's basically like, oh, one day you'll be here to Raul Esparza. And it's not like this ugly, like, one day you'll get here. Like, it's this true, like, community moment where he's talking to his friend 
that he reveres as a talented person and is like, this is going to be you. Mark my words moment. And it's so cool. It's really like a night where this community felt like a community. Sure, there were like commercial moments, but like where we spoke about how truly commercial 2009 was, Mm -hmm. 2004, everybody sort of felt like they were in this together, which was really, really cool. It feels like a party of insiders. Yeah. It's a party of insiders, but willing to accept the outsiders. It's not like a, we're here, who are you? Yeah, we love Sarah Jessica Parker. We love Sean Combs. We love the the sort of most meme-worthy moment is LL Cool J, which I always laugh because CBS loves to put LL Cool J on the Tony Awards. So this is the Tony Awards where LL Cool J presents with Carol Channing, which is the wildest matchup and yet somehow the best. (laughs) It's iconic. It's truly iconic from this 2004 Tonys, which I forgot. When Carol comes out and she says to Mr. Cool J, what up, lady love? In shades as big as her face. And he's like, just keeping it popping. And he and she says, I'm keeping it popping too. <laughs> she is somehow the butt of the joke and the instigator of the joke all at the same time. She's fantastic. <gasps> okay, and then so, and then LL raps with Carol dancing in a mini dress. And I feel like, Probably at some point, this was like such an eye roll moment, but like everybody in the room just went with it. Oh, for sure. This is like if I was the producer of the Tony Awards and someone presented me this idea, I would be like, nope, that's a train wreck. <laughs> that's an absolute train wreck. And I would have been wrong because it is mm-hmm. it is a gift to Tony Awards history. No one may look the same way to you. Underneath there is somebody new. I am not the boy next door. I don't belong like it did before. Nothing ever seems like it used to be. You can have your dreams. As we like to do, let's talk about how we feature the best plays this year. The best plays and the best revivals of plays. So in this round, we got Brian Stokes Mitchell. Official Broadway snack. Yes. He is a snack in 2004. He's a, I'm telling you, he's a snack always. You've just forgotten. He comes out in, in, to present those awards and I'm like, oh my gosh, that's a very handsome man. He will be a snack when the world ends, which is sooner or later. Which, but... is, which is this year. <laughs> Can you stop objectifying men for their physical attributes, Aaron? How dare you? How dare you, projection. So Broadway snack Brian Stokes Mitchell presents the plays. And Broadway snack, I'm sure someone thinks Laura Linney is a Broadway snack as well. It's just not our kind of snack. Um, Broadway snack <laughs> Laura Linney presents the revivals for plays. And both of them read off of a teleprompter about the nominees while walking and then standing next to these like side tables with props from the show, a playbill from the show, and like the logo on like an LED screen in the back. Yes. I thought they were like pillars, like in like an old, like, ooh, Greek tragedy. Like, okay, ooh, okay. Like we're yes. doing plays, so they're serious. Oh, fair. We'll put them on a Greek pillar. Someone went shopping at Pier 1 for whatever they bought. <laughs> with like a random prop of Playbill and the logo on the LED screen in the back. Uh-huh. This, uh, on the scale of works to not work, I feel like, just because I feel like we've now seen quite the spectrum of ways we do this, 
I feel like on a scale of one to ten, like one to ten, ten being B.D. Wong and John Lithgow, and one was like last week where we just described them threw some credits on the screen and said, and so this is the winner 20 minutes into the thing. I feel like this is like a good four. Yep. It's a four. Yeah. Other, other Easter eggs, other, other moments that stood out to you. Oh, one of my legit favorites was not even having anything to do with the telecast, but it was a return from commercial. One of the return from commercials was a picture of the Gershwin and circle in the square. So just on 51st Street, where Wicked is performing at the Gershwin, like we know, and at circle in the square is Frozen. And I was, all I did was think, oh, that's Adina Menzel's entire <laughs> 2000s career. <laughs> You're forgetting if then. Oh, yes. Oops. But I would just like, if anybody ever wanted Elphaba and Elsa to be on one block, we had it right here. Um... There is like something weird going on with the order in which we're watching these telecasts. We aren't watching oh, them 100%. chronologically. There's something weirdly supernatural about this. I don't know what's going on. Yes. But this has happened multiple times. And tonight specifically was when um, they mentioned the passing of Tony Randall. Right. Who hosted the last Tony Awards that we just watched. Mm-hmm. We literally saw him last week. And I was just like... Whoa. And this is not the first time this has happened. Where we like watch some where we where we watch someone like win a Tony's or have a prominent moment in the telecast and then the week after we're celebrating their life. Or vice versa, where we heard that they passed away and then we watched them like have a profound moment in the telecast. Like this happened with we mentioned it with Martin Richards where he won his Tony Award. And then also, like, what was it, last week? Where we watched Gerald Schoenfeld and the week prior, he was the intro before we got into the in-memoriam. Mm-hmm. It's so wild. I'm like, what's happening? What ghost is affecting this basket that we're carrying around? It, it all <laughs> happened just for this miniseries, Aaron. So that feels like a good place to stop, take a pause, and finish part one. Aaron, we only have one Tony telecast left for this do. season of our miniseries. There's only one left. What are we gonna do with this basket? I don't know. Can it sort of? It looks like it's supposed to sit like next to your couch and have magazines in it. I mean, fair. Okay, so listeners, feel free to send a subscription to Architectural Digest. <laughs> Actually, dog fancy. Please. That sounds more appropriate. Please feel free to send Aaron Albano a subscription to dog fancy. DM me for the address. <laughs> so dumb. Um, so normally we would be doing a basket bit right here to select our next one. But because we only have one left, I have the last one right here. What year is it, Aaron? Drum roll, please. Because why not? All right. The year is... 1976. 1976. That's a chorus line versus Chicago. That's like the OG rivalry. Wait, that's who chorus line was up against? I didn't know. Yeah. I knew it was chorus line here. I didn't know it was up against 
Wow. Yeah, every every Wow. Every um year I selected for this first miniseries to throw in the basket was like a rivalry year. Wait. I was looking for the drama. But like we've talked about like Bennett v. Fossey before. Yeah. And here we like legit are. Wow. Okay. Well, how appropriate for our last one. To join us for our next Tony's recap, be sure to do your homework with us on the 1976 Tony Awards. But to hear the rest of our recap on the 2004 Tony Awards, be sure to join us on Friday, right here. Same time, same place. The Ensemblist was produced today by me, Aaron Albano. And by me, Mo Brady. Special thanks to Wasif Sammy for the background research on this week's Tony season. There are two great ways you could be helping The Ensemblist right now. One is by becoming a Patreon member at patreon.com slash The Ensemblist. And another is by leaving us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Even better, do you have a favorite Tony telecast that we haven't yet recapped and wish we would? Tell us about it in that review and maybe we'll recap it in a future episode. Ugh, such a cliffhanger. Please follow The Ensemblist wherever you listen to podcasts, on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, or at bpn.fm, the home of Broadway Podcast Network. You can also follow us on Instagram. Thanks for listening, everybody. Until next time. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.